What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hey guys, before we start with today's episode, I just wanted to mention that we are blessed enough to have a brand sponsoring us today that I personally highly recommend, and that is Fairhaven Health. As a trusted leader in reproductive health, Fairhaven Health's natural products are developed and formulated in partnership with trusted medical experts, including doctors, OBGYNs, nutritionists, and naturopaths. From top fertility supplements from both men and women, Fairhaven supports your entire journey into parenthood and beyond. After you make a purchase, Fairhaven Health offers full access to its knowledgeable and friendly in-house customer service team who are always happy to assist. Check out their wide variety of products at fairhavenhealth.com or by using the link in the description of this episode. And don't forget that they're offering us all 10% off using code LAMB. L-A-M at checkout. And thank you for supporting the sponsors that support our show. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello everyone. We have Marta Bent on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Just going to toss it at you, Marta, start wherever you'd like. Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll start with, I met my husband back in college. We were like 17, 18 at the time. And then we were friends for a long time before we got together. We got married in 2016. And like for me, I always knew kids were like 100%, no questions asked. Like if you're not into it, get out. Uh, But he was on board. So I kind of gave him a couple of years. I figured it would take him a bit longer to be ready than it was for me. And so he surprised me in like January, 2018, being like, hey, I'm ready to be a dad, which was like, what I thought we'd be waiting a bit longer um but at that point like I had already read every book on like preconception and pregnancy like I was starting to track my cycle like temperatures and figuring out OPKs like I was ready to go um so we kind of waited until October of 2018 to actually start trying and then I kind of I don't know I always kind of had this fear that it would be difficult for us I had no like absolutely no reason to think that like my parents had me first try um but it was I was just something I wanted so badly that I was afraid it wouldn't go well um so we started trying it took us three cycles to get pregnant with the first one and like I know people have been trying for like years and years with nothing but those even those just three months of nothing were like awful for me I was like why is this taking so long it should be first try um and then after finally got pregnant it was like 11 dpo that i got that positive test in the evening and it was like right before christmas in 2018 and uh like obviously i was ecstatic we freaked out i was so happy uh we told our family like immediately at christmas even though we were like barely four weeks um i was testing with first response tests like every other day tracking the progression and like part of me kind of thought that like the lines were getting darker but part of me thought they're not getting as dark as like I've seen some of them on like online communities but I kind of was like you know what whatever it's fine um but then by new year's I started spotting and I was like well this isn't good I gave it a couple days um then when I started bleeding at work um 
I was like, okay, this is not great. I like, I actually told my manager, I was like, I think I'm having a miscarriage. I need to leave. And he was like, uh, okay. Like didn't expect that, but he was super supportive. Basically just went home and like broke completely. It's like, I've had, I guess to backtrack, I've had four losses total. Um, and that first one is still like the most vivid to me, even though it was really early. Like I wasn't even six weeks at that point. Uh, it's just like, I vividly remember just like wailing in bed. My husband made me craft dinner and like, that's all I could stomach and was just like crying for like days. It was awful. Um, but you know, I, I, at that point I kind of figured it's not, it's like, it happens one in four and in miscarriage. So maybe it was just a fluke. Like we won't be unlucky again. So I didn't want to like take a break or anything. We went straight to trying again. And then it took three more cycles after that, um, which was frustrating again, because I was like, Ugh, but we were already, you know, pregnant, like we were already here. Why do we have to do this part again? Um, so then April, I thought we were at that cycle because I like I'm testing every single day from like eight days post ovulation, just like constantly every, twice a day. Um, and by like 12 days post ovulation. I had hadn't had a positive test so I was like okay whatever it's done but then like my period wasn't showing up which I thought was weird so at like 15 DPO I tested again on a first response I got like a super faint line to which I was immediately like okay this isn't a good sign like this is way too late to be a positive and it's so faint um I called my parents to tell them anyway because I'm super close to my parents so I was kind of like I need to tell someone um, I mean I told my husband too he was he's been like super involved in everything um, but then I basically called them and told them it's positive, but I don't think it's going to go well. So we went to a friend's birthday that night and like at the party, I started bleeding and I was like, okay, this is over. Um, at that point, I was also kind of freaking out because after bleeding had started, I, I kind of kept testing to see like when the lines would get faint again, like go away, but they actually kept getting darker. Uh, which completely freaked me out from like everything I read online because I was like well this has got to be an ectopic pregnancy um, I like panicked I went to my doctor he was super dismissive about all of this so far he was just like oh if a woman can't get pregnant go on vacation and I was like that's the least helpful thing you could ever say um, so he actually agreed to send me to an ultrasound and but like it was so early they didn't see anything but it ended up not being at a topic so I was thankful for that it just for some reason those lines kept getting darker which was really weird because I hadn't actually seen that online like I was part of so many online communities and like stalking people's pregnancy tests constantly obsessively and had never seen that before um after that kind of wrapped up I was like okay well two miscarriages like in a row that sucks but it happens so like there's no way there's going to be a third one um so after that, we actually got pregnant the next, very next cycle. Like we didn't take any breaks in between, even though my doctor told me to take a month break, but I was like, nah, I'm not listening to that. I'm very stubborn and I'm kind of like, I'm doing this my way. I know my body. Um, so at the end of April, that's when I got a positive test at nine DPO, which was the earliest I had gotten one, which had to be like super excited. Cause I was like, okay, maybe like early implantation means it's stronger. Maybe like, this is it, this has got to be it. Uh, I had my blood work done. There were, my HCG was rising. It was doubling almost. It was like, it went from like 190, two days later it was 378. So it was like almost doubling, which was, I was happy about, but that like the fact that it didn't 
perfectly double made me super nervous. Um, my test got darker. I was testing like every single day with like cheapies from Amazon. Um, but like, I just still, there was just part of me that I was like, <coughs> sorry, part of me was like this, I don't know. I just didn't actually believe that it was going to work out at this point. Like after two miscarriages, it was like, how, like, this is my reality now. This isn't gonna, there's no way this is gonna work out. Even though I really wanted to believe that it would. <coughs> um, we got to, it was about six weeks, which what felt like a huge milestone because we hadn't gotten that far before uh, when I started spotting a little bit. And we were supposed to have, uh, we we're supposed to go away for the weekend because it was a long weekend in May to visit family. Um, but I was like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to focus. I can't, absolutely can't go from spotting. Like they didn't know, we were pregnant, we were waiting to tell them in person. So I was like, we have to cancel that. We have to go to the ER. Like I need to know what's happening. Um, so we, we called, like my husband called his mom, told her what was going on. We canceled those plans and went straight to the ER. Uh, they took my, they tested my HCG, which was low like it was in the it was like a thousand something a thousand ninety or something and at that point it should have been like way higher than that um based on like the previous numbers i had so when they told me that i was like okay well there's like not even a point to doing an ultrasound anymore like this is over and they kept saying like oh maybe it's just implantation bleeding like they couldn't confirm a miscarriage without knowing the numbers were going down but i hated kind of hearing that even the doctors not giving me that concrete diagnosis when I just knew, like, I just knew it was done or on like going to be done soon. They did kind of a bedside ultrasound and they saw like a little gestational sac, but there wasn't much there. So I got booked for a follow-up ultrasound a week later. And in that week's time, the measurement only went up one day. So it went from like five weeks, five days to five weeks, six days in a week's time. So I was like, this is, this is done. And they still like, no one would confirm it for me because my HCG was still rising. Like it was still going up. It went up to like 6,000 some. Uh, so it took actually a couple weeks for, well, like I knew this was ending and it was around eight weeks, two days where I like finally started bleeding. Um, but those two weeks of just like waiting for it to end were completely agonizing. We, we kind of kept our like family and close friends in the loop. I'm like overall, I'm a super open person. So everyone's been like, in the loop on our entire journey. Um, I like venting and talking to people. It's super helpful. Um, so but the entire time, those two weeks, people were like, oh, well, like the blood work's still rising. Maybe it's going to be fine. I still have hope for you. And like, I hated hearing that because I was like, I know how this is supposed to work and this isn't going how it's supposed to. So I hated getting that false hope from everyone. So on one hand, like it was so nice being able to talk to people and be open with them. On the other hand, I was like, I don't want your hope. I don't want your advice. I don't want anything you have to say. Just tell me that sucks. I'm sorry. That's all I really wanted to hear. Um, but, you know, people want to help. They want to say the right thing and they don't know what to say. So it was kind of like a struggle balancing with wanting to talk to my friends about it, but also having to understand that, like, they have no idea what this is like. Um, so once the bleeding for that one started, it was actually like, the most painful bleeding experience I've ever had. Like my entire body was like shaking. It was, it was so incredibly painful. I was around eight, should have been around eight weeks, two days at that point. Um, and then the bleeding, it took a while. It was like almost two weeks before it slowed down. Uh, 
I mean, it slowed down, but before like all the spotting and stuff stopped. And then at that point I was like, I need to do testing. Like I'm, this is three miscarriages is no longer just a fluke. It's now a diagnosis. And that was what hit me really hard. That miscarriage though, like, like I said earlier, the first one is like the most vivid in my mind that I remember it the most, but that third one was just completely, completely wrecked me. Um, Cause it was like official, like I have a problem now. Um, so I met with an OB who was amazing. She was fantastic. She was, she's like in her thirties. So she was like super compassionate and understanding and like, um, she was just awesome. So I met with her and we started the process of doing some testing. So we tested for like blood clotting. We checked my thyroid. Um, we tested my husband and I for balanced translocation or chromosomes. Um, and did a 3d ultrasound to like check the shape of my uterus and like each test one after the other was coming back completely normal which was ridiculously frustrating because i just like desperately wanted there to be something wrong that they could fix um, but it was all fine the only thing that kind of came back wonky was my thyroid a little bit um which my like my tsh was it was high then it was low then it was high then it was low it was just all over the place so we kept on retesting that for a while at one point they told me like, oh, you need to not be pregnant for two months so we can test it once it's balanced out. And I was like, yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> we decided to take a one month break after that. So that was like the maximum I was willing to do. Um, and then it ended up just being fine. The only thing that came back weird was that I had elevated thyroid antibodies. And then I went into like spiral research mode on that and basically found that it's like an indication that I might have Hashimoto's. Um, and those thyroid, thyroid antibodies uh, could increase my risk of miscarriage. So like once I read that, I was like, A, that sucks, but B, okay, maybe it's something we can fix. Um, so I decided to start uh, a like completely changing my diet. So I went off gluten, dairy, and soy, which was ridiculously hard because I really love food. Um, but I read that like cutting out those things could help reduce those antibodies. So my plan was to do that for a while and then retest them and see if they went down. But even then, like there was still no guarantee it would work and there was still no actual indication if that's what was causing any of this. Um, so I was like planning on doing all that, doing that research while we took our month break in the summer. And like, I have to say that month break was super good for my mental health. Um, because I just, I didn't have to track my cycle. I didn't have to think about trying to conceive. Like it was just off my mind as much as like it could be, uh, while doing all this research, uh, until my cousin-in-law, she gave birth. Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I wanted to talk a little bit about one of Fairhaven Health's products, and that is FH Pro for men and women. You guys, one in five couples experience difficulty conceiving, and in about 45% of those cases, sperm health is at play. Our friends at Fairhaven Health have formulated the perfect product to help both men and women get the supplements they need in order to conceive. Yes, you guys, we can get our husbands involved now. FH Pro is a patented, non-prescription, antioxidant-based supplement made with ingredients well studied for their role in supporting fertility like vitamin E, 
COQ10, zinc, and more with over 25 ingredients total. Each fertility supplement is formulated with ingredients studied to exactly what men and women need to optimize their fertility health. It also helps avoid all of those bottles and supplements on the bathroom counter, or if you're like me, my nightstand. Learn more about FH Pro for men and women by visiting fairhavenhealth.com or the link in the description of this episode. And don't forget, you can use discount code LAM, L-A-M, for 10% off. Now let's get back to today's episode. Um, sometime at the end of June, and my husband came out and he was like, oh, she had her baby. And I was like, oh, cool. And then it kind of like took me like 10, 15 minutes to like process that. And then I realized, I remembered that they actually got pregnant, like, soon after we had started trying. We had started trying around the same time as they did. And remembering, like, realizing that just, like, completely broke me. Uh, I, I ended up just, like, cracking open, cracking open a few too many beers and just, like, sitting on our deck outside bawling. And then at that point, I was like, I need people to know what we've been going through because I was dreading. Like, like we told our close family and stuff but like cousins and aunts and uncles and like extended people didn't know and I know that everyone's kind of like waiting like oh when are they gonna have a baby and so I was like I need people to know but I don't want to just tell them directly and I was a bit tipsy so I ended up just making a big post on social media about it uh, I wrote a big Facebook post about everything that we had been going through and how hard it was and basically just saying like I know there are people, there are more of you out there going through this and I hear you, I see you. And like, if you ever need anyone to talk to you, like I'm, I'm here, this is awful. It's so lonely to be going through this and no one knows people like no one understands people try to, and they try to comfort you, but no one really gets it unless they've been through it. And even then like people process it differently. So it, sometimes it's still even hard to relate to someone who has had like recurrent miscarriages. Um, so when I made that social media post, I was so nervous, but I actually got like, like a, so much support and B, I had so many people reaching out to me privately, like thanking me for making that post and telling me their stories and just talking to me about it. I made some good friends from doing that because we like had this common ground of knowing what that grief and that loss feels like. Um, so it was nice to kind of meet other people I knew going through it and have that make that connection um and then like on top of all of this my husband was kind of starting to say like hey maybe you should try going to counseling because this is starting to get really difficult like it was hard on him he's such an optimistic person who's like constantly like it's gonna be fine like we're gonna get it this time we got this like power through and one day it'll be fine and it'll be behind us but that was on one hand, it was nice to have that kind of constant positivity coming from him when like, I just couldn't do it myself anymore. On the other hand, I was like, I just want you to be sad with me. <laughs> like, Stop being positive and just be mad with me. <laughs> um, but I mean, he's been my constant rock through all this. Um, so after, I, I kind of resisted going to counseling at that point. I was like, no, 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 like, I, I'm gonna work through this, I'm fine. I found a counselor and like, I had her contact information. And I was like, if I need to, I'll reach out. But I can deal with this, even though this was like what I thought was the lowest I've ever felt. Um, and then early August, we decided, well, late July, I guess we decided to try again. 
so early August, we got my first try, we got a positive test and it was 10 DPO and it was still early, but early positive. So I was happy with that. But uh, when I started like testing progression constantly, it wasn't looking great again. Um, but at that point, I was kind of like completely numb to it. Um, I was just like, oh yeah, this is normal. This is just what happens. I went and I got my blood work done anyway, um, just because I wanted all of it on record for my doctors to like show how many I've had. But I was like, eh, this is fine. Um, it, we were still kind of waiting on test results and stuff at this point. Uh, and we were also on a wait list for a fertility clinic because like my OB, she was amazing, but I was like an actual reproductive endocrinologist will probably have more tests that they'll do. Um, so when we finally got to see him, it was like soon after that fourth, uh, which was just, it was a chemical. It like ended pretty quickly after it started. Uh, and he ran more tests, like he repeated a bunch of them. So there was a whole lot more waiting, which is super frustrating um, when you're just like, you've already been trying for such a long time and now you just have to keep waiting. Um, he basically got all the test results back in around November. Uh, we had been trying the entire time too. We didn't like, no one actually told us to stop at that point. They were just kind of like, you can keep going. Um, we saw him in November, all the test results were like completely normal. My thyroid was perfectly fine all of a sudden, like nothing was wrong with it. I don't know if the diet affected that. I have no idea, but um, he basically said, you're fine. It's not normal for a 28 year old to have four losses back to back, like something's wrong, but whatever it is, we can't test for because medicine just doesn't know yet. It might be a clotting issue that we haven't figured out. You might have some sort of weird antibodies that we're gonna find in 10 years, but right now we don't know, uh, which was like super discouraging because it's like, okay, something's wrong, but we'll just never know what. Uh, so the only suggestion he had was to try going on progesterone, um, low-dose aspirin, and also doing blood thinner injections for whatever, like the next pregnancy. Um, and so he prescribed me all of that, and I was basically like, what, what he said, like, right as we were leaving that appointment, kind of returned a lot of my hope at this point, because, like, at this point, I was just, like, dead. I was numb. Like, I... I had like not even any emotions about it anymore. And, but what he said was, keep trying. It may not be the next one. It may not be the one after, but it will happen. It will work out. And like just hearing that from him was super encouraging because like I, I figured that like, he's a professional. He works with people with recurrent loss every single day. And the fact he probably has seen this time and time again. So hearing that just kind of restored a bit of my hope. Um, and then like also having this like new plan that we could try that was just really good for my mental health to have something new to try because up until this point it was like just keep bashing your head against a wall and pray it works um so we kept trying um and then a, a, like a major breaking point for me was when uh, my sister-in-law actually told me that they were going to start trying for their second kid because my their first my niece was born in September which was like right before we started trying as well so it, like it had been a whole year she was one and then soon after they said they were going to start trying again and that is when like 
I completely lost it. I thought I had hit rock bottom after the third one in the summer. But when she told me that, and like, I suddenly had this like epic fear that they were going to get pregnant and have an easy pregnancy and we'd still be here bashing our heads against a wall. And I just completely shut down. Like I cried for so long and I basically, I started wishing that people that I knew or cared about had miscarriages just so someone else would know what it's like. And like, that's not me in any way. Like I, I would never actually seriously wish that upon someone, but like these thoughts were coming into my head and I was like, how can I even be having these thoughts? Like, that's when I realized I, this is the lowest I've ever been. I wasn't myself anymore. And so that's like, I immediately contacted the counselor that whose information I had from earlier. I was like, I, I need help because I don't know how to deal with this anymore. Um, so I went to counseling, like we still kept trying. I went to counseling. Uh, she was great to talk to. Um, she didn't really like help fix anything, but it was just kind of nice to talk to someone who wasn't trying to offer me false hope or like fix anything. She just kind of listened and understood. And she, like, she was actually a counselor for a fertility clinic. So she had a lot of patients who were also going through recurrent losses and fertility issues. So that was super helpful finding someone who like really understood that. Cause my fear with finding a counselor was finding someone who had no idea or like no direct connection with it, fertility stuff. And then they would just kind of say something insensitive and make it worse without realizing it. So she was super great. Um, and then soon after that, at the beginning of December, I actually got pregnant again. Um, it had been four cycles at this point. And I guess it felt like, I mean, four cycles, about four months for me, that felt like a really long time. I know it's not in the grand scheme of things, but like we had gotten pregnant relatively quickly before. So the fact that we hadn't like the longest it took before that was three months. The fact that it was now four going on to four months, I was like, Oh, okay. Like now we're not going to get pregnant at all. Great. Um, but I got pregnant and I got that positive test at 11 DPO in the morning. And I guess after like going to counseling and having that like four months of just like nothing really going on. Um, after hitting rock bottom, there was kind of, the only place I could go was back up. So I kind of was feeling a little bit better at this point. Like the baggage of everything I had gone through wasn't gone by any means, but I kind of felt hopeful again after like having that appointment with the reproductive endocrinologist, seeing the counselor, my greatest fear of my like sister-in-law getting pregnant before me or them trying, that was kind of like, okay, I dealt with that now. So, um, when we got pregnant again, I was like, okay, maybe this time we have a chance. Um, so I started the, he the heparin injections, the blood thinners, the aspirin, the progesterone. Um, and a few days later, well, a couple of weeks later, we were about to go visit all the, my husband's family for Christmas. And my sister-in-law sends me a message and she goes, hey, I just want to tell you in like over text that I'm pregnant. And at this point, I, I thought I didn't expect to have the reaction that I did because I was pregnant. We had our, like my HCG tested and it was more than doubling. It looked good. I had this new protocol to try. Like things seemed to be on track for the first time ever. And when she still told me that, I still kind of shut down for a couple of days. Like I still cried over it. 
even though it was like, it was a happy thing, like, hey, we get to be pregnant at the same time and seems like it's going well for us. I just still didn't take it well, which I didn't expect. I felt like I'd be okay at this point. Um, so I was really glad that she told me over text because they were planning on telling everyone over Christmas. Uh, and I think I just, I wouldn't have reacted well in person. And it's not that I wasn't happy for them. It's just that I, I had to deal with that emotional baggage that I have. It's almost before like- I could. I can completely relate to that feeling. It's almost like you think, oh gosh, this is going to make it so much harder for me when I lose mine. Like that's, that's what exactly was going it. through my head when I found yeah. out somebody was pregnant. I'm like, shit, now this is just going to be a huge trigger. Like, that's exactly it. And yeah. she's like, she's a week ahead of me in due dates. So I was like, now if I lose the baby, like her kid's forever going to remind me of the baby I should have mm-hmm. had. Yeah. And at the same time, it was like on the flip side, I was like, what if she loses this baby? And mm-hmm. I'm going to be the one who's like kid reminds her forever. And because I know what that's like, because with yeah. like, two of my pregnancies, I had friends that were pregnant at the same time and they went on to have their babies. So I was like, that's just such a shitty feeling. And I was like, I don't want to do that to someone either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was still so stressed about it. Um, and yeah, but we ended up going up to see the families and we told them. Um, which was also a bit of a bummer to be honest, because when she told my husband's parents that they were pregnant, everyone was like super excited and happy. And then we were like, by the way, how about two babies in August? And her, my husband's parents were like, oh, well, okay. I won't be excited yet. We'll see how it goes. And like that, like, I just, I wanted, I, like, I understand the caution because I was cautious myself too, but at the same time, I've, it just felt so unfair. I'm like, why do you get to be excited for her and, but not for me? Like, it, it still felt rough to hear them be so dismissive about it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically, that brings us to now. Uh, I'm pregnant now. I'm 17 weeks as of yesterday, um, which feels completely insane to me. Um, this is our fifth pregnancy and like we had never gotten this far. Uh, we had a lot of ultrasounds at the beginning. Uh, we had one at eight weeks. And when we saw that heartbeat, like I went in there being like this, I, I have no expectations because I, I wanted to believe that there would be a heartbeat, but I was like, I've never seen this before. So why should I now? Um, my husband was optimistic as always, but when we saw that heartbeat, like we told the tech, we had four losses before this. So she found it immediately and told us right away. And it was just like, I, my brain shut down. I went into like complete shock. She, like she was talking. I had no idea what she was saying. I don't remember the rest of that appointment. My husband, thank God my husband was there because he actually paid attention. And then like, I, I remember calling my dad immediately afterwards and telling him that we had a heartbeat and like, we both just like burst into tears on the phone and cried. And I basically just cried for the rest of the day. It was like this ridiculous relief. Um, but even then, like it was eight weeks. So still early. So I was still nervous. We had another ultrasound at 10 weeks. Um, and which I like, demanded I was like I need to know I can't go until 12 weeks without another one and then we went to a private clinic we had to pay for it and then we saw this little baby wiggling and he was measuring right on track and everything was fine and it was like at that 10 week ultrasound that's kind of like once it actually looked like a baby because at eight weeks it was just like a little shrimp blob at 10 weeks I was just like oh my god this might actually be happening now and it, it, it took me a long time to let myself get excited like I was still so reserved at the up until 10 weeks but once we had that second ultrasound it was kind of like a little bit of a weight lifted off me and I started letting myself get a little bit excited here and there and then like we had our 12 week scan and everything 
was good and like I just I still can't believe we're at the point where we are now it's like completely surreal to me so yeah that's kind of my story your story and my story are so similar it's like actually I, yeah, scary I know. how similar <laughs> I, <it know>. is. <laughs> I remember watching your youtube videos and I was like oh my god we're the same person <laughs> Uh, I'm so excited for you and I can't wait to just follow along and I wish you the best of luck because I know that it's not an easy it's not easy being pregnant after loss no it's it's so stressful and like everyone's just like let's be excited now and I'm like I'm not ready to do that and then you have like moments of it and then you like pull back and it's like gosh yeah (laughs) oh and I get so awkward with people like because everyone at work knows now and I get so awkward with them well, yeah, they come up to me, they're like, congrats, like, are you excited? And I'm like, well, you know, I've had, like, four miscarriages, so I'm yeah. taking a day at a time. And they're like, oh, like, no one knows it's what to say to that. I'm like, it just comes out of my mouth. I can't not yeah. say it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Now, if you, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, oh, gosh, like, advice is, like, the hardest thing, because everyone just processes this so differently. I found one of the most helpful things for me, which was also, like, it was like a double-edged sword. It was finding online communities and having people going through the same thing to talk to, because it's just such a, like, ridiculously isolating experience. Really, no one gets it. Like, my husband was going through all the same stuff at the same time as me, but he didn't even get it from, like, the same perspective as I, I did. So it was just really hard to go through alone. So having people to talk to, finding online communities, like anonymous, anything, was probably what helped me the most. At the same time, it was really hard sometimes because then you'd like make these online friends and then you'd see them get pregnant and move on. But I think that's just finding a way to not be alone and not go through it alone because like I keep saying, it's just ridiculously isolating. Um, and I guess uh, what my reproductive endocrinologist said really, really helped me. I think that like was probably what saved me after that fourth loss was just keep trying. It may not be the next try or the one after that, but it will happen. Uh, keep that hope alive because that's, that's all you can do. It's the only way you yeah. won't get your baby is if you give up. Even our REs sound the same. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like that's, that's what awesome. gave me hope too is that comment that my RE made. <laughs> <laughs> after my fourth loss was, our stories are just crazy somewhere oh, uh, now if somebody wants to reach out to you where could they do so uh so i don't have like a huge social media presence presence but uh i have an instagram account uh you can follow me at marta b dot eight so m-a-r-t-a-b dot eight awesome and i will link that in the description of this episode thank you so much marta for awesome. jumping on this morning and sharing i really appreciate it Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yes. Good luck. We'll chat soon. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fan, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.